It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to on today's podcast. We'll recap some of what Kalani Satake had to say during his weekly press conference. We'll also get your comments from Chaz Ayu. Very open and honest about the defensive failings for BYU football. You'll hear from him on today's show. And of course, we'll catch you up on how other former Cougars did in the pro ranks over the weekend. Big night for Jamal Williams last night on Monday Night Football. We'll talk about all of that on today's edition of Locked On Cougars, brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. We'll tell you about them here in just a little bit. With that, let's get to it. This is Locked On Cougars for October 15th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of Locked On Cougars. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, in addition to hosting this daily podcast, and it's a pleasure to be with you guys each and every day. Kalani Sitake talked to the media yesterday for his weekly press conference as the Cougars begin their preparations to host number 14 Boise State on Saturday. Brian Harson yesterday uh, during his conference call with the local media here in Utah said that there's no update on Hank Bachmeyer and they don't talk about injuries at Boise unless there is a season-ending injury, which he said Bachmeyer's is not. So we'll see what happens with regards to the Boise State quarterback situation. Well, BYU has a quarterback situation of their own. Here's what Kalani Satake had to say with regards to Jaron Hall. I don't know it's day-to-day right now, so we're, we're still hopeful, but now we're going to go practice and, and see what, what the protocol is and that's a training room answer for you, for them to get to you so it's a day-to-day situation when it comes to jaron hall we'll see how it shakes out there see if he's able to be healthy i've been talking to some people that hope that he's able to go this week but of course that's all up to the uh, training staff of byu he'll have to go through the concussion protocol make sure that he's fully healthy before he gets back onto the field we'll see how that shakes out now if he's not able to play that means a baylor romney will be in line to start for byu uh according According to a story I think I saw on the Deseret News, it'd be the 11th starting quarterback for BYU this decade. We haven't even finished out the decade, but 11 different starting quarterbacks. Uh, Baylor Romney would be in line to get that start. Well, Kalani Satake was asked about in terms of what uh, made Baylor Romney uh, the kind of the go-to guy as the backup behind Jaron Hall as compared to Joe Critchlow. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, you know, I'm comfortable with the coaching that he's receiving and with his mentality, and I thought he came to the game with a great poise. I mean, that after the game and uh, we can work with guys that, that have a lot of confidence and what we just need to put him in a position that, that are working for his strengths and so whether it's him or joe or uh, jaron on the field we'll, we'll, we'll work with towards that this week there you go kalani satake and not surprising to hear him say hey we'll tailor the system to fit the quarterback but byu like i said yesterday on the podcast there are some eerie parallels to the 2017 season right now 
granted, we're only halfway through 2019. I'm hopeful that BYU can turn this ship around instead of letting it snowball like they did in 2017 because that was just apathetic, pathetic play when they fell to a 4-9 and record, the worst season in almost 50 years of BYU football. Uh, the worst season in 50 years for BYU football. They've had worse seasons before that, but just a pathetic effort that year, and you hope that this year can be a little bit different. Well, Kalani Satake was also asked a lot about what he's evaluating right now, because he always likes to use that word. What are you, I'm, I got to evaluate and we got to get better. Well, here's what he had to say. Everything. I mean, I, I'm not going to really share much of what we're doing, but we're, we're getting things done this week with the thoughts of, of performing better than what we had the last two weeks. There you go, Kalani Satake, and he's not telling us anything. I can tell you this. This much. It's kind of frustrating to me as a media member. I know it's frustrating to the fans as well for him to not uh, lay out some of what he is planning on doing, but that's his prerogative. That's his MO, and we'll have to just deal with it. Uh, one other note from him before we go on this. Um, he talked a lot about in terms of it was, he was asked the question, are there any statistics out there? Because BYU's rush defense and the like, just absolutely abysmal, but they haven't given up a ton of rushing touchdowns. Well, he was asked if there's a statistic or statistics he has noticed with his team that have not uh, looked great but he feels like are actually better in terms of the results for BYU than the statistics would indicate. Here's what Kalani had to say with regards to that. Stats tell the story, right? And and uh, you can pick up a lot of different stats. It all depends on what you're trying to argue and so the only stat that matters to me is winning. And that's all I care about right now. That's what I've always been focused on. I, I can handle a lot of different things too but always willing to learn and get better and that's a day-to-day process for me as a coach, as a person, as a father husband I like winning that's that's the key there you go Kalani Satake and I I understand him saying that hey it's all that matters is the results on the scoreboard and I appreciate him saying that because that's all that matters at the end of the day you can go through all these statistics but the scoreboard whichever team has more points at the end of the day that's all that really matters if we really want to kind of boil it down to the essence of football um one final note from you guys I asked him yesterday myself had he ever considered uh taking over the defense or stepping in and helping out well here's what he had to say with regards to that question yeah I mean that's that's this is a team I'm hands-on with everything so anything that's not functioning well is my fault and so that's how I look at it this hands-on with the offense defense and special teams and we're not performing well so that's on me there you go Kalani Satake he says I have my hands on with all three phases um, I was kind of digging more to the fact that, like we talked about yesterday, that Kalani needs to actually get in the defensive play calling responsibilities and start working with his staff a little more uh, straightforward. I understand he wants to be the CEO. He wants to sit back and let his guys do his thing. But like I said yesterday on the podcast, if he continues to do that, well, he may find himself without a job before too long. So we'll see how it all shakes out for him. Uh, I'm hopeful that BYU can get things figured out. Because like I said, there are parallel to 2017 that I'm seeing emerge and already already develop, but I'm hopeful that BYU can realize some of the warning signs, get this ship steered back around and going in the right direction as they try and kind of build back towards bowl eligibility. Uh, coming up here in just a minute, yesterday uh, Chaz Ayu was one of the players that came and spoke to the media, and Kalani didn't give us much to chew on or much to use. Well, Chaz Ayu, in addition to Bracken Bakri, who will play at some point this week as well, were very 
very enlightening on the mood of the team, especially the defense, after they've given up all these rushing yards and what he, what they expect from their teammates going forward. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. Before we do that, though, do need to take a minute and talk to you guys about our title sponsor on the podcast, and that is our great friends over at Deseret First Credit Union. You guys have heard me talk about these guys a lot. They share a faith-based bond DFCU does with its members. They're also celebrating the unique goals and passions of their individual members. They're asking right now, what is your why? Whatever it might be, have you thought about refinancing your home loan to save some money and put it right back in your pocket and potentially fund that passion project? Refinancing doesn't have to be hard, guys. I've been through the process of buying a home a couple of times now, and I know how difficult it can be. Well, DFCU aims to make refinancing as painless as possible. It doesn't have to cost you anything, and with rates still low right now, sitting in the threes from what I've seen, now is a great time to consider refinancing your mortgage mortgage, and keeping more money in your pocket. With a no-cost refinancing from Deseret First, you can get locked into a low rate for absolutely nothing and potentially save up to hundreds of dollars a month, guys. The DFCU Mortgage Team will work with you to find the right loan for your financial situation. Give them a call, 801-456-7070, or visit dfcu.com to apply in five minutes or less. Once again, that phone number, 801-456-7070. Give them a call, guys. Chat with them. See what they can do for you. Deseret First Credit Union, you know why we show how. Membership and eligibility required. OAC, terms and conditions apply. Equal housing lender. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, Chaz Ayu actually had some great thoughts during his press availability yesterday talking about what he thinks of the defense and what they're doing in practice to get ready for opponents, etc. He laid it all out there, and I really do appreciate him doing it. You'll hear him uh, first. I asked him the first question about his first career interception. Of course, that interception he had against USF. You'll hear him talk about that. But then he breaks into what he wants to see from the defense in practice to get better prepared for rushing attacks from the from opposing teams. You'll also see him dig in to Boise State, uh, why he has a disdain for the Broncos. There's a lot to get to, so let's get to it. Here is uh, Chaz Ayu yesterday during media availability right here on Locked on Cougars. How did it feel to get your first career interception? Um, you know, I was hoping it'd be happier circumstances after that, but, you know, glad that I was able to provide our offense with opportunity, you know. Um, felt good, could feel better, but um, yeah, just not satisfied with the win, with the loss or anything like that. So still trying to get over that. <laughs> What's, what, what do you guys view? You know, the run game is obviously stopping the runs, an emphasis that you guys haven't been able to do successfully, consistently in the last couple of games. What's the step that you have to take? Um, it starts with practice. Um, in practice, we, you know, try to play it safe, you know. No one's really tackling across the nation during practice, but... Um, as far as being physical, we need to practice being more physical. Um, we play really soft against the run, as you've seen in the past games. And that's because of the way we practice. We just kind of just run off and do a little two-hand touch in practice when we should be you know, getting our chest and everything into it. And I feel like just that mindset and that practice and habit-wise during the week, that would help a lot on Saturdays. 
How do you feel like you guys are doing, particularly the linebackers, doing it as shedding blocks? Because it seemed like they'd get helmet on helmet, and you guys had a tough time getting off those blocks to make those, you know, kind of fill those seams. How do you feel like the team's doing there? Um, it's been very improved throughout the season, honestly. Um, the problem is numbers. We're just getting outnumbered on the edge. Um, so it was linebackers against a tight end and a pulling guard pretty much the whole game on that counter run that they're playing. And so, you know, you can get hands-on and be as physical as you want, but when you got two more guys to work through, it's, it's pretty hard to make that tackle. So as far as number, it's really just a numbers game on the outside. So is it a scheme thing where you see that the scheme's going to have to change to be able to equal, you know, to, to fix the numbers issue? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's only on the scheme. It was a lot of it's just players trying to make plays, you know. And so a lot of times when you do that, you can get out of position, and that could, you know, end up in a result what we got, you know, just outnumbering on the outside. So I feel like for the most part, it's just the mental part of the game for the players that we need to step up and, you know, play within our assignments while trying to make plays at the same time. Coach Tuiaki puts a lot of emphasis on the, the front line, the defensive line, and that 4-3 to stop the run. But how much ownership do you guys kind of in that second level take on, on run stopping and backing up those guys and, and making sure that, you know, they don't get those extra yards and that kind of thing? Yeah, we take a lot of responsibility. I mean, as a linebacker, that's what your job is, is to read the gaps and shoot them. And, you know, as linebackers, if you're not doing that, then they're going to get those extra yards. So, you know, we got to play more on our toes, ready to come downhill. Because we can't wait for the ball to come to us. That's how they get those little five yards and maybe break a tackle and it ends up being 25. <laughs> so we need to be able to come up and meet them at the line of scrimmage more. Talk to the guys and talk to, to Kalani. He's taken a lot on himself. You, had, you know, you had chances to choose to go other places and you know have a relationship with the staff here. When you hear a coach like Kalani or the other guys taking it on themselves, the responsibility for some of the struggles on themselves, what does that do for you as a player? Uh, you know... As a team, you never want to be the one to point fingers. So I would hope that everyone on the team would take it as a personal thing. But when a coach takes up, you know, steps up and takes the blame for the players, you know, that's, that shows a lot of love, a lot of humility. And as a player, it makes you want to step your game up even more. Um, you know, because his job, you know, obviously he doesn't have the extension right now. So his job is on the line. And for him to put himself under the bus like that and kind of take the blame for our, the way that we're playing, you know, that shows a lot of love. So it makes me just want to go out there and work even harder for him. You're a local kid, grew up here in state. How important is the series with Boise State for, for you guys in the program right now and, and just for the program in general? I mean, I think you just signed a 10-year extension or whatever with them. So, mm -hmm. you, And obviously rivalry is now dropped up. Do you guys see this as a series that kind of it needs to be played, you need to play the Broncos and that sort of thing, I guess? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, me personally, I have a lot of hard feelings towards towards Boise State, and that's been since ever, ever since I was a little kid um, when they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl on those little trick plays. And my, my uncle, C.J. Ayu, was playing for Oklahoma. And so ever since then, you know, I've kind of had hard feelings for Boise State. Um, but as far as it goes for BYU, it's, it's, a very, it's a deep game for us, you know. It's a game that we haven't been able to win very consistently in the past. And so as far as this game coming up, it's, it's a big deal to all of us, especially with our record right now. You know, we don't want to go into next week 2-5. and five. Um, right now, we should be four and two with uh, the teams that we've been playing, and so for this game to play against the thirteen, number thirteen, number fourteen team in the nation, you know, it's a big deal for sure. Is it nice to have this opportunity? And you know, the expectations are on them; they're expected to win the game. You know, mm -hmm. being the ranked team and you guys coming off you know three straight losses, do you get a little more freedom just in the sense of hey, we're going to shock everybody again? 
Um, yeah, I mean, the whole season we've kind of been picked to lose almost every game. And so with that mindset and knowing that we're not expected to win kind of lets us loosen up a little bit and know that we have nothing to lose. Um, you know, we can go out there and take the shots that we need to take, take the risks that we need to take, and, you know, just try to go out there and make plays and try to come out on top. How do you expect to match up with Boise? Like, maybe what areas do you think that you guys as a team can exploit on um, Saturday? Um, I mean, with the quarterback situation at, at Boise State, you know, their starter got hurt, but the second string came in and did some really good things. Um, for me personally, I'd like to get at that quarterback and try to get him flustered up a little bit, you know, bring pressures and um, kind of get him out of his element. Don't let him get comfortable in the pocket. Um, don't let him get into a rhythm. And I feel like if we can get that quarterback out of, out of a rhythm, then their whole offense will kind of start to kind of expose themselves, I guess. All four of your home games this year have been against ranked teams. Does that say anything about just the scheduling or just how you guys go about doing things as an independent to you? Um, that says a lot. I mean, as a, as a D1 athlete, you want to play the best, biggest games. You know, you want to play against the best teams and, and showcase yourself and what you can do against some of the top talent in the nation. And so to be able to go against, you know, four ranked teams at home, you know, that's, that's really fun to me personally. Um, just the competition and the atmosphere that it brings to the stadium, to the fans, to the players. Um, it definitely changes the whole, you know, our mojo throughout the week. Is Any it, other questions? Is it tough when you're on defense and the offense has a big, long drive, so you've been watching on the sideline, but then it doesn't result in a touchdown. It's either a field goal or they get stopped. What does that do for you guys when you guys have to go back on the field when that didn't get that, that final result you guys want? Yeah, it's, it's pretty – it kind of it guts you out a little bit, you know, to see that the offense drives the whole field, takes off all that time, and then comes out with nothing, um, especially when it's, if it's a turnover or, you know, a missed field goal. You know, that kind of stuff kind of gets at the defense a little bit. You know, we provide a lot of opportunities, as many as we can, for the offense, and they go out and do their thing, you know, move the ball, get all these yards, make big plays, and then don't reward themselves or the team with a touchdown or three points, you know. That, that can get pretty discouraging when it happens multiple times throughout a game. There you go, Chaz Ayu, and I appreciate him saying that. He called his teammates soft against the run, and I don't think there's any other word to use other than that because BYU currently, we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks, still sitting in the bottom 10 in the country in rush defense. This week, 123rd. Congratulations. You guys are among the 10 worst teams in the country at defending the run, sitting among illustrious programs like UT San Antonio, Kansas, UMass. Oof. It makes my skin shiver thinking about that because BYU has been traditionally so strong against the run to see what's happening this year just absolutely pathetic and I, I appreciate Chaz Ayu coming out and saying we need to hit more in practice we need to get our chest into it and really be more physical because that's absolutely something that BYU has struggled with is the physicality part of the game this year Kalani Sitake has proclaimed multiple times that he wants one of the toughest strongest and uh, just overall best in shape teams that can stand up against the ground and pound mentality of other teams so far this year this is a team that has not proven that at all that still could change we're hopeful it does change but BYU needs to beware because they are absolutely getting pummeled in the ground game I don't want to beat a dead horse I may have beat it to death already for you in some of your guys's minds but BYU Either they got to start scoring more points on offense or they got to stop the run on defense. You can win games by 
improving either one of those. And in terms of scoring points on offense, that means touchdowns in the red zone, not field goals anymore. Get seven points, punch it in. If you do one of those two things, honestly, I think BYU is probably sitting at four and two right now. But guess what? Both things have failed them, and alas, they're two and four. But once again, thanks to Chaz Ayu for laying it out there. Also cool to see, hear him talk about his disdain for Boise State going all the way back to his day uh, to his uncle, C.J. Ayu, a former BYU player who transferred to Oklahoma, losing that, uh, of course, that famous Fiesta Bowl game to Boise State, what, 15 years ago now, 04? Crazy to think it's been that long. But Boise State, big opportunity for BYU this week. If they want to reinvigorate the fan base some, a win this week against nationally ranked Boise State would help do that. But got a long way to go because everything I've seen recently from BYU indicates that Boise State should be a heavy favorite. And they're currently up to, I think, a six-point favorite right now. And I would expect that number to climb if it were me. All right, in a minute, we'll get to what's going on with other BYU Cougars in the pros, where they have performed over the weekend in the NFL, and we'll see if we can get you some updates on how guys in EuroLeague action are doing as well. So a lot to get to here in just a moment. Reminder for you guys that this podcast is available everywhere podcasts are to be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, the Himalaya Podcast app. Essentially, wherever you can hear a podcast, whichever podcast provider you provide, you prefer, excuse me, you can find Locked On Cougars. And when you find us, please hit that subscribe or follow button. Also give us a favorable rating and review. It doesn't take but a moment, but it really does help us get the word out about the podcast because of the algorithms. If they see people interacting with the shows, they will make sure to let people know that this podcast is of interest to them. So I would encourage you guys to check that out. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Closing on a Tuesday edition of Locked On Cougars, as we do on Tuesdays, normally run down how everybody did, former Cougars in the pros. Let's start off in the NFL. The New England Patriots blew out the New York Giants 35-14 on Thursday Night Football last week. Kyle Van Noy had another starring role for the Patriots in that game. Started at linebacker, scored on a 22-yard fumble return that gave the Patriots a 28-14 fourth-quarter lead. He added two tackles, one of them solo, a sack, and two quarterback hurries. So congratulations on another big game for Kyle Van Noy as he continues to stand out for the New England Patriots. The Seattle Seahawks beat the Cleveland Browns 32-28. Saw two Cougars on either side of this game. Ezekiel Ansah forced a fumble when Cleveland was in Seattle territory and recovered that fumble. Big showing for Ezekiel as he continues to work his way back. Ziggy's been limited as he tries to work his way back from an offseason injury, but he played uh, 27 snaps in this game, had two solo tackles along with that forced fumble and fumble recovery. Congratulations to him. Sione Takitaki on the losing side of things in this game uh, for Cleveland. He played 16 snaps on special teams. By the way, all these notes come courtesy of Brandon Judd, a good friend of the podcast, and does a great job tracking former uh, pl- local players in Utah, but particularly BYU football players in the pros. The New Orleans Saints beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 13-6 in a defensive affair. Taysom Hill played it once again for BYU. Carried the ball three times for 17 yards, including a 19-yard run on the third and sixth play. 
Lost some yardage on some other plays while playing 11 total snaps, six on special teams. Another win for the Saints without Drew Brees. They are rolling right now. Congratulations to them. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs came up on the short end for the second week in a row, losing 31 to 24 to the Houston Texans. Daniel Sorensen had three tackles, two of them solo uh, in that loss. He played both on special teams and on defense for the Chiefs in the loss, but hopefully. Kansas City can get things going. Former BYU player slash graduate assistant Andy Reid, of course, the head coach there in Kansas City. The San Francisco 49ers remain unbeaten, one of two teams in addition to Kyle Van Noy's New England Patriots. Fred Warner started at linebacker once again, had six tackles, including five solo stops, uh, a tackle for loss, and also a quarterback hurry in the 49ers' 20-7 win over the Los Angeles Rams. Warner is is a weapon for the San Francisco defense, which which has actually turned into one of the stoutest units in the NFL. It's awesome to see, and congratulations to Fred Warner on kind of living out the dream I think he's dreamed of since he was a young man. The New York Jets bounced back with a 24-22 win over the Dallas Cowboys. Harvey Longy had a special team solo tackle while playing exclusively on special teams in that win. Congratulations to him. The Los Angeles Chargers lost 24-17 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Michael Davis started at cornerback again, had five tackles, including two solo stops, while playing all 60 defensive snaps for the Chargers as well as a few special team snaps so congratulations Michael Davis once again just a great story to see him kind of bounce bounce back from a lackluster senior year at BYU now start in the NFL. It's just an awesome story all the way around. One final note for you. Last night, the Green Bay Packers rallied to beat the Detroit Lions 23-22. Jamal Williams, starring role for Green Bay in this win, carried the ball 14 times for for 104 yards. That's a 7.4 yard per carry average. Had a big 45-yard run in the win. Also added um, some receiving yardage and a receiving touchdown in the win as well. Just a big opportunity, a big showing for him. Four Catches, 32 yards. Of course, that first touchdown from Aaron Rodgers uh, on five targets. He only had one uh, target that he did not bring in in the receiving game. He even contributed on special teams. Had one uh, return for nine yards on a kick return. So, fantastic showing for Jamal Williams in the win for Green Bay. They're off to a great start this season. Congratulations to them. All right. That'll do it for us on today's edition of Locked on Cougars. Can't thank you guys enough for your continued support of the show. Once again, please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, follow the show on all social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Locked on Cougars. Follow my personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch, if you so desire. And as well, please weigh in with your thoughts via our email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys, get some of your thoughts on things. And if you're also interested in advertising with us, we'd like to have you guys involved as well. Today's show brought to you by our title sponsor, Deseret First Credit Union. Can't thank them, them enough for their continued uh, patronage of this podcast. It's a blast to have them on board. Until tomorrow, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked On. On Cougars for October 15, 2019. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.